They're buying your time. And when they are not paying you properly for your time or they feel your time is not worth the pay, you are going to separate and you need to find a different partnership. But at no time are you not prepared to make that transition as a great investor would. We are not making these emotional quitting decisions. You are not going to jeopardize your family's future because someone disrespected you at the job. You are going to prepare yourself and you are going to be ready when you transition that you are making a logical decision that's going to pay off in the future. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy? investing, or even planning for retirement. We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, a.k.a. Mr. Christian Finance, the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things in My Mom's Favorite Christian Financial Advisor. And as always, make sure that you subscribe so you're notified every time we release new episodes and be sure to like comment on this episode because your feedback helps us get better. Well, today it's being reported that Amazon is looking to lay off. Listen here. 10,000 people, according to a recent article by the New York Times, even though it's only 3% of its corporate employees and less than 1% of its global workforce, this stands to be the largest layoff in the company's history. Amazon is seemingly taking advantage of the media screen done by the highly publicized layoffs at Meta, aka Facebook, where Mark Zuckerberg can be seen on video apologizing for the 11,000 layoffs, which represents about 13% of his workforce and the media backlash, obviously, that Elon Musk is getting them after laying off nearly half of the Twitter staff, stating that the company was losing nearly $4 million per day. But, I mean, is this really a surprise? You know, during the pandemic, many Americans with stimulus checks in their pockets and time on their hands went online to fulfill that void of human interaction. Online retail therapy seemed to be the medicine they needed during some of America's darkest hours. And during that time, Amazon added 427,300 employees in only 10 months, bringing its global workforce to more than 1.2 million. And what it seems to me is that they focused those profits into expansion products and trying to meet the global demand. So a scale back of 11,000 from nearly half a million doesn't sting as much in its context. But I mean, regardless of if it is 11,000 or one, people are being impacted. You know, we have to realize that those numbers represent people and those people have families. And according to the article, this layoff allegedly is going to happen over time and the final number should reach around 11,000. So if you're thinking about working for Amazon, I think you should think twice because it states that Amazon froze hiring in several small teams in September. In October, it stopped filling more than 10,000 open roles in its core retail business. And two weeks ago, it froze corporate hiring across the company, including its cloud computing division for the next few months. Now, 
Do I think that Amazon is going anywhere anytime soon? No, I don't. But I do think this should be an eye opener for you. These companies are experiencing losses and they're not your just mom and pops or startup businesses. These are blue chip companies with a history of good business. And even they are feeling some of the pressure of the economy. They are feeling the pressure of inflation. They are feeling the pressure of government policies when it comes to running their business. And unfortunately, in the pursuit of profit, we see some companies leveraging unethical business practices to stay afloat, you know, such as stringflation, which is the practice companies leverage to make more profit without upsetting the consumer base. Let me give you an example. Let's say that traditionally or normally you pay $3 for a 24 ounce box of cereal. Okay, pretty simple. The next time you go to the store, the price goes up to $4.25. You are going to notice that. <laughs> it's no secret that you go from $3 to $4.25. It is totally obvious, right? That the price went up. Now, you may be so upset that you look around for some other options like I am not going to pay an additional 125 so let me see what the competitor has and they don't want that you know businesses don't want you looking at other competitors that are maybe still in the three dollar range they want you to still focus on them so what do companies do companies instead of raising the prices what they do is let's give that same example one more time they're going to shrink the volume so instead of 24 ounces they may shrink it down to 20 ounces and keep the price exactly the way that it was so now for every six boxes sold they still make a three dollar profit than before and they didn't scare the customer into buying another brand that's what we call shrinkflation where you get less for the same amount of money and when you pair that with inflation things can get kind of rough and that's why investors are struggling at the moment because they are living the same way. But it seems as if money is getting harder to come by and they can't buy as much. Well, it's not magic. It's no mystery. Shrinkflation and inflation. We actually talked about this on episode number 79. Inflation, a majority of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And we discussed how if you are in America, there is a 60% chance that you are living paycheck to paycheck as well, no matter your income, whether you're making $50,000 a year or you're making $3 million a year, your lifestyle is going to determine if you're living paycheck to paycheck or not. We also discussed inflation and how a few changes can help bring you peace of mind so you can thrive and not just survive. So what I want you to do, I want you to go check that out for more tips on how to fight inflation. But let's get back to these job cuts and some things that you can do as an investor to protect yourself. Number one, you'll want to double check your emergency fund. You know, we traditionally recommend three to six months of monthly expenses in a savings account, adding an additional month for every individual you're responsible for. So if you have a spouse and two kids, you'll bump that number up to nine months, you know, three additional people that you're taking care of. Also, that number can vary based on incomes themselves. So the more streams of incomes you have, the more conservative you can be. If you both are working and you have rental income, feel free to err on the lower end. But if you're the sole provider of a family of six, you'll want to increase that number to a high end of nine to 12 months. This will alleviate some of the stress of getting a job and providing for your family during this time of uncertainty. 
You know, you want to reduce the risk of incurring interest rates. You want to reduce the risk of losing your home until you actually find some good employment. Number two, on the job training is your friend. If a job is offering job training, that is not by coincidence. When there is a job gap or a skills gap, you know, jobs open up these positions and it's because the company needs those skill sets. And, and I want you to understand this. Hiring internally is a lot cheaper than externally. You know, you don't have all the marketing, you don't have all the onboarding costs, you don't have the initial training, you're already pretty much trained on company ethics and, and background and you know the culture, things of that nature. So if your manager asks you if you want to get certified in before they even finish their sentence, I want you to say yes. Say, hey, John, you know, we have this new program. We would think that you'd be, you'd be like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, the more money and resources the company invests in you, the less likely they will let you go. And even if they do, you can take those skills to another job, which makes you more valuable, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But here, leverage those resources and training to increase your value in the company and help secure your position. This includes building a stronger relationship to your direct report. You know, management can speak for you when you can't speak for yourself. Now, on to number three, as I alluded to just a couple seconds ago, we want you to start looking for jobs now. Now, you may love your job, but a job is not a relationship. It is totally okay to look for other options while you are still working there. This way, you don't waste the first three weeks of your job search trying to figure out what you want to do and who is hiring. A good resource to check out is payscale.com. It's P-A-Y-S-C-A-L-E.com. Full disclosure, they are not paying me. I am not affiliated with them in any way. I just truly think this is a good resource because this gives you an opportunity to see your value objectively. See this website, it gathers job data from different industries and gives you what you are worth as an employee. They take in consideration your job history, the industry, physical location, education, and even employee benefits and places your compensation against others in your field. Now you can easily see if you're overpaid or underpaid. Because I mean, I think if we ask ourselves, we all would say we are underpaid, <laughs> right? So I said this once and I'll say it again. Businesses will say it is all about family until it's time to talk about business. See, when you're working, it's all family. Oh, you're like family to us. We love you. We care about you and we support you. We're allies. Then when they fire you, ah, it's just business. You know, things aren't going well and it's nothing personal. We really like you, but, you know, it's, it's above me. Right. But I think this generation is turning the tide on this narrative. The quiet quitting movement was misaligned in the media as kids being lazy instead of workers drawing a line in the sand saying, you will not bully me to work on the weekends. You will not use my job or the threat of losing my job to make me work on the weekends and take my time away from my family. You know, they said, listen, I'm done with that. No longer are you gonna call or text me while I'm at home. And then when I'm at work, you expect me to turn off my phone put it in my drawer and focus on the job that is at hand. And if you're age 55 to 75, you're listening to this, then you remember the days that businesses would exchange loyalty for job security. You know, this is a whole different territory here. 
You know, they would fight tooth and nail to keep you if you were loyal, if you showed up, if you worked hard, if you put in overtime. Those with the most seniority tended to stay. But those days are slowly fading away. You know, this generation watched their parents work for a company for 15 years and get fired because the company missed their revenue goals and they weren't prepared. You know, they're witnessing these pensions that were promised to people who worked for a job for a certain amount of years start to decrease and companies are not offering that anymore. So you're not getting compensated for the risk that you are taking by getting paid less this year for hopefully future benefits. And what do we say about risk? Risk is uncertainty uncertainty about the future and you should get what rewarded for that uncertainty so if you're starting a job and your pension in your retirement is 15 20 years away don't you think that you should be rewarded for the risk that you're taking with your life see but i know that's not going to happen to you because you're going to take the steps necessary and realize that a job is just an exchange of resources See, you have the time and skills and they have the money to pay you for those skills. That's why many get paid what? By the hour. They're buying your time. And when they are not paying you properly for your time or they feel your time is not worth the pay, you are going to separate and you need to find a different partnership. But at no time are you not prepared to make that transition as a great investor would. We are not making these emotional quitting decisions. You are not going to jeopardize your family's future because someone disrespected you at the job. You are going to prepare yourself and you are going to be ready when you transition that you are making a logical decision that's going to pay off in the future. And that comes from knowing what you're doing. That does not come from being upset one day and not able to take the heat that comes with this world. Jobs are tough, but God has you. God will preserve you if you are obedient to his word and you serve him and not your job. So let me recap here. One, I want you to double check your emergency fund to make sure it's fully funded. Two, I want you to increase your market value by getting on job training. Three, I want you to start looking for jobs and make sure you have the qualifications, even if that means getting some outside education and investing in yourself. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work heartedly as for the Lord and not for men. I'm going to say that again. Whatever you do, work heartedly for the Lord and not for men. See, our work is not for man. And I think we confuse that when we put our identity into our jobs and not into the Lord, our God. We put more faith in companies than we do our savior. But I really can't blame you. You know, as much as I talk about accountability, as much as I talk about responsibility, you don't know what you don't know. When you're going into that job every day and they're, what's our mission? What's our vision? Come on, Mr. Ridgeway. What's our mission? What's our vision? And it is ingrained in you. But what is your mission? What is your vision for your family? Do you repeat that every day? Do you repeat that at every business meeting? Do you repeat that to yourself when you go to sleep? Is it written on pieces of paper on your desk? Are you reminded of it every time that you get together, that you're part of this team? 
Are you reminded that you're part of this family? Do you remind it that you're part of the kingdom of God? These companies are simulating the family environment to trick you and they're using repetition to get you. At no point are you the business. You are a part of the business. You will be you forever. So I don't want you to confuse your identity with your job. You are not a financial advisor. You are a person who is a financial advisor. You are not an engineer. You are a person who does engineering work. You are not a doctor. You are a person who does medical procedures. Do you understand? At no point are you going to put your identity into your job because once you lose that job, what happens? If you say, walk around here, puffed out chest, I'm a financial advisor, I'm the greatest, I'm this, what happens when you're not? You will be stripped of your identity and then you become depressed because you lose yourself. But if you always remember who you are, you will never lose yourself. If you follow these tips, you will be putting the power back into your life because whether you're for a company for two years or 45 years, you are with yourself forever. And you must work as if you are priority number one. This philosophy, this perspective aligns with biblical principles to work hard, to do your best. And if you do an honest day's work, you deserve an honest day's pay. Do you understand me? You know, I really care about you and I really want you to get this message. I want to take some time right now to thank you for joining me today. And I hope that you learn something about yourself and how jobs work, even the big companies. You know, Amazon is laying off 11,000 people. To them, they're just a number on the spreadsheet. But to me, you're a person. You mean something. Your life means something. I just want you to see it too. I hope that you've been blessed. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to like to comment and to share. Also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash podcast and join our family. As a thank you, you will receive a free gift from us. If you need help building your financial plan, information to speak with us will be given right after this show. I am A.B. Ridgeway, Mr. Christian Finance himself, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah One Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah One Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. 
clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Things podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.